This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. And you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? And welcome to episode 203, episode 203 of the Banner Branch Podcast. I'm your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Jimmy G. How's everyone doing? Hope you had a great weekend. You can find me on the Twitter machine at BannerBancher18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Branch Podcast. And as you know, I'm part of the Big Nine Media team with some great podcasts like Drinks After Work, I'm the Promoter, He's the DJ, Eat the Damn Cake, 30 Flirty and Surviving, The Wicked Fast Podcast, Music You're Missing, Be Fit, A Chance to Strive, No Limits with Kevin Cooney, and so many other great podcasts. And of course, if you're into sports cards, if you want to get some Jason Tatum rookie cards or something like that, you can always check out Card Vault Breaks, Whatnot, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all the time, 24-7, 365, and you can also go check them out in person down at Patriot Place and at Foxwoods Resort Casino. And speaking of Foxwoods Resort Casino, the Rainmaker Expo Center this upcoming weekend, Saturday and Sunday, the 28th and 29th of January, $10 in advance, $15 the day of the show. Go check out the Card Vault card show presented by DraftKings. It's going to be a great time. A bunch of athletes are going to be there. Brian Scalabrini, Doug Flutie, uh, James White, Dwight Gooden. The list goes on and on. Go check it out. It's going to be one of the best card shows the country has ever seen. And you can get your tickets at Ticketmaster.com. And of course, you can always check out Timmy Ticket Tuesday every single Tuesday on the Big Night Media Instagram page at Big Night Media. And if you want to help support the podcast, you can always Go to BigNightShop.com and purchase your Banner Banter Podcast merchandise. Hmm. Okay. <sighs> Deep breath. Everything's good. We got through that stuff. Uh, just a quick, couple quick things. I uh, just want to say thanks to Jack Sabby uh, for the Celtics watch party the other night. The weather, traffic are, obviously didn't help the cause, but still had a good turnout and appreciate all their support um, over the last you know five or six weeks. Very, very much appreciated. And thanks for everyone who reached out uh, on my birthday. Some listeners that I've never even met before slid into the DM, so wish me a happy birthday. So it is very much appreciated. All right, let's talk to you about the Boston Celtics, who are currently 35-12 and 12 and on a nine-game win streak. They have won 13 out of their last 15 games. And then, like, remember when everyone was flipping out? Oh, they lost five out of six. What's going on with this team? Well, in the last 15 games, they are tied for the best record in the NBA with the Denver Nuggets, 13-2, and two, top four in rebounds, top three in assists, top six in turnovers. And what I mean by that, like, low turnover numbers. That's a good thing. Top four in blocks, top four in offensive rating, and top four in defensive rating. Not too shabby, huh? But this is where some of the analytical stuff can kind of make people like myself spiral a little bit. And it 
it's crazy because the stuff that I'm about to talk to you about right now, just real quick, it, it shows that like even though the Boston Celtics are playing really well right now, there's so much room for improvement and they can play so much better. So first example off the top of the head, like the Celtics average the least amount of personal fouls per game. That's good. That's just good defense. That's why they're top four in defensive rating in the last 15 games. But they also draw the third least amount of fouls per game. Think about that. But it kind of makes sense because they're averaging 41 and a half three-pointers per game over the last 15 games. But this is where I really started to spiral when I was kind of looking over the numbers and trying to figure out what I want to talk about this week over what has really happened over these last 15 games for the Celtics. So the Celtics are seventh in scoring most points per game during this stretch with almost 120 points per game. But they're 19th in field goal percentage and 18th in three-point percentage. They are in the bottom half of the league in field goal and three-point percentage, but are 13-2 and two in their last 15 games. So you, listen, if you listen to this podcast, whether it's one episode, two episodes, or all 203 episodes, I'm never satisfied. I'm not like, you know, Captain Negative. For the most part, I am. I'm probably like a lieutenant or a captain. I don't know which one's higher. It doesn't matter. We don't have time for that. But the Celtics can take better shots. The Celtics can have a better shot selection. And they can still become better shooters. And even though, like during this 15 game streak of, you know, they're 13 and two, nine wins in a row and all that, their net rating is eight. So they could be beating teams by more. So even though I'm really complaining about all this, the Celtics' effective field goal percentage is at 56%. So basically, an effective field goal percentage means more than half of their shots are effective based on the roster that they have and the type of ball movement that's been going on. So when you think about all that and you break all of that down, they are getting 50, 56% of their shots are good shots, but they're not hitting them. So what happens when they start hitting them? I mean, is, it, is the league screwed? I mean, that's insane. The Celtics are top four in offensive rating, but are <laughs> they're like the 11th worst field goal percentage team in the league and the 12th worst in three-point percentage, but they have a top four offensive rating. So what does that say about the Celtics, or what does that say about the league? It's very interesting, but sorry. I just thought that was very interesting, so I apologize for the spiral there. But, you know, last week the Celtics did beat the Warriors 121-118 at the Garden in overtime, which we'll get to about, which we'll get to in a little bit. And they also beat the Toronto Raptors on Saturday night 106-104 to up in Toronto. Now, the Raptors game was wild because if you think about it, Rob went out with a knee injury, of course, because Jalen Brown accidentally fell into him, the back of his head hit his knee. And Joe Mazzulla just said they were taken out, precautionary reasons. I get it. They have to be over the top protective of Rob's knee. I get it. And then you have Marcus Smart, who basically snapped his ankle in half, or at least that's what it looked like, especially in slow motion. And instantly, the second he fell, he asked for help, which is wild to think about since he's an insane individual doesn't feel pain it feels like we'll play no matter we'll play with like one leg so that was interesting and then you're like oh by the way Jason Tatum got a night off with a sore left wrist and to be honest with you the reason why Jason Tatum probably got the night off is because he played 41 straight minutes in that Warriors game all of the third quarter all of the fourth quarter 
five minutes in overtime, and then his usual most of the first quarter, half of the second quarter, or is it most of the second quarter, half of the first quarter? Whatever Joe Mazzulla usually does with Tatum, but that's probably r- the real reason why. But when you think about it, because of that, the bench had to step up, and they did, and I'll get to that in a little bit. But what usually what I talk about before I uh, start the podcast or really dive deep into the podcast is obviously the standings where the Celtics are. Um, and they're currently four and a half games up on the second place, Philadelphia 76ers in the East. The Bucks are third, Nets are fourth, Cavs are fifth, and the Heat are sixth. Now, if the play-in works and everything stays as is, I know this, we're, we're very far ahead, but the Celtics will be playing the Atlanta Hawks in the first round of the playoffs. And you know, for tiebreaker reasons, Celtics have the best division record in the East, which is uh, or in the Atlantic division, I should say, and then the best conference record as well, which is, again, all very important for tiebreakers if it ever gets to that. But I want to talk just real quickly about last week. We'll obviously do stud and dud of the week. And then the Celtics have four games this week, tonight against the Orlando Magic, then the Miami Heat then the New York Knicks, and then the stupid fucking Los Angeles Lakers are coming to town as well. Wild. But I just want to talk about the Warriors game. Outside of Tatum playing, what? What did he play, like 49 minutes, 51 minutes? I don't know. He It literally seemed like he played for a full 24 hours. It was crazy. But that Warriors game was so fucking annoying. And if people ever ask, hey, Timmy G, why do you go to therapy? It's because of games like that. I mean, Jalen Brown comes off of his injury, which is obviously great to see because they said it could be a week, it could be two weeks, and it was only a week because we all know throughout the years that the Celtics, whatever medical information they give out, you don't know if it's true. I mean, Gordon Hayward was only supposed to be out for a month, and then it was like two months, and then four, and then it was just so annoying. So Jalen Brown comes off from his injury. He shoots one of five, and then you start saying to yourself, well, then why the fuck did he come back? Just fucking put Derek White in the game or something, you know? And especially, and it was even more annoying because Jordan Poole went off because, of course, he did. I knew it. I called it in episode 202. And then the turnover started happening. Smart, Tatum, and Rob combined for six turnovers and four assists. The team had four assists in the first quarter, but six turnovers. And, I mean, thankfully... The Warriors didn't give a fuck about the ball either. And, I mean, let's be honest, that Steph Curry shot, I mean, the second he grabbed the ball, I just yelled, fuck, because you knew it was going to go in. You just knew it. You just knew it was going in. It was so annoying. But, like, it's insane to watch. So, like, this is where I feel like some Celtics fans, like, can't put, put their shit aside. So, perfect example is, like, LeBron James. I know he's coming to town this weekend. He's on the Los Angeles Lakers. Fuck the Lakers and all that. But when I saw LeBron James in game six, Miami Heat, live, he dropped, what, 42 points, like 10 rebounds, six assists, whatever the stat line was, I said to myself, okay, I'm done hating the the basketball player. He's about to break the scoring title. You can't hate him. I mean, you can hate him, but I'm just like over that part. Off the court, sure, he's super annoying. But like, you cannot hate Steph Curry. If you are a basketball junkie, and you just love hoops, and you love to ball, Steph Curry's so much fun to watch. I mean, you just knew that shot was going in. It's so stupid. So, of course, the third quarter comes around, and you're like, watch this. The Celtics are going to come out, and they're going to come out firing. And they didn't. The, the Warriors just run some of the sickest offensive sets. 
like as a basketball junkie and a basketball nerd, like I I had to clean myself up watching some of these plays. Seriously, think about what I just said. I mean, thankfully the offensive rebounds kept the Celtics in this game. And I mean, that's why they were only down seven at the end of the third quarter. But like some of the offensive sets and the amount of motion and the ball movement and the amount of things that these players have to uh, remember is just... There was a play where Jordan Poole had a wide open dunk. And listen, I hate Jordan Poole. But the entire motion and what the Celtics did, like where the Warriors want the Celtics' eyes to be are there, but they don't have eyes in the back of their heads and they can't see it all. It's it's absolutely fascinating. But, you know, we you go into the fourth quarter, you're down seven, and then the iso ball came around, and then the turnovers became a thing again. And it was just so annoying. But what I talked about in episode 202 last week, the Celtics could have done one of two things against the Warriors. They could have cried about it or they could have played on. The Celtics had to mentally beat themselves against the Warriors. And this came back or they tried to come back and that's exactly what they did. The Celtics decided to say, you know what? Fuck this. We're stronger than this. We can beat this team. And it was what? 95 to 86. DiVincenzo hit a three. And you then you were like, fuck. Damn it. And then Jalen made a layup. And you're like, okay. Then they got a rebound and Marcus Smart hit a freebie. So you're like, okay, okay, okay. Then Wiggins made a jump shot and you're like, fuck. And then what happened? Marcus missed a shot. Jalen missed a shot. Brogdon missed a shot. And then Tatum traveled posting up against Steph Curry. Jason Tatum, I think, was so excited when he posted up against Seth, uh, Seth Curry did I just say Seth, like his brother, Steph Curry? He literally, like, what? He must have taken eight steps posting up when he caught the ball. He was just so excited. It was just left, right, left, right, left, right, and then started his move. It was unbelievable. So after that happens, you're like, okay, we have a missed shot, another missed shot, a turnover. It was just so annoying. And then Malcolm Brogdon hits a three, and Steve Kerr instantly called a timeout. Thankfully, Back-to-back threes missed by the Warriors, and now it's a one-point game, and luckily the Celtics survived overtime. But let me tell you something right now about this basketball team, and hopefully they're listening. Please stop missing free throws in big games. Holy fucking shit. In the five games before the Warriors game, the Celtics shot 91 percent from the free throw line they went 90 out of 97 they missed seven free throws in five basketball games 48 minutes 48 minutes 48 minutes 48 minutes 48 minutes five 48 minute games they missed a total of seven free throws and then the warriors come to town and they shot 22 of 30 73 percent Like, you want to miss four or five, fine, cute and adorable, I get it. Oh, you missed your free throws. Maybe you didn't fall through. Maybe you didn't use your legs enough. Maybe the road team was distracting behind the basket. All that shit. But eight, eight fucking missed free throws against the Warriors? You need every single point possible against the Warriors, especially the Celtics. It doesn't matter whether it's at the Chase Center, at TD Garden, at Rucker Park. It doesn't matter. It was just absolutely unbelievable. But anyways... Fun game, crazy atmosphere. I'm glad they got over the mental hump. I think it's a big win mentally for them, and hopefully 
we never play the Warriors ever again. But the other thing I want to talk about with you real quick, the Toronto Raptors. What I mean, that game was delightful and needed and appreciated. I thought that was going to be a schedule loss for this team. I mean, this game showed why the Celtics' depth is so important. You have three starters out in the second half, Tatum, Rob, Smart. You are on the road after a very emotional game against the Warriors, and your bench scored more points than the starters. I mean, the bench dropped 62 points. The starters dropped 44. And I understand Jalen uh, had 27 of those, and Rob went out, and Marcus went out. So, you know, it's crazy. But there is one thing I do have to say about Jalen Brown very quickly. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, there's the weekly burp. Damn it. 15 minutes in. By the way, this is probably going to be a little bit of a longer podcast. I do have a lot to say this week, probably more than usual, and probably more than I actually should say. But anyways, one little thing I will say about Jalen. Um, I'm happy he got six assists. You know, we used to have Jalen Brown dance parties when he got five assists or more because I've never been a big fan of how Jalen Brown gets others involved. I've always said that. <sighs> but with this little 15-game run with the Celtics thir- or 13-2, and two, and I understand that he's missed, uh, what, what he missed, like three games, like... He's averaging less than three assists per game, and he had a zero assist game when he dropped 41 against the Pelicans. And in the second quarter, when Jalen Brown came back, because Jalen Brown always plays the full first quarter, the ball movement when he came back just died. It went away. And I talk about Jalen Brown all the time, being the most important player on the team, and I swear to you, if he can get it, get his assist up a little bit like he did versus the Raptors. Listen, I'm not asking Jalen Brown for six assists a game. If he wants to give me six assists a game, don't tempt me with a good time. But if he can get four assists a game like Tatum does or even five and get others involved, like good luck. Good luck playing the Celtics. I mean, especially if they start hitting their shots since they're, what, 19th in field goal percentage in these 15 games and they're still 13-2. and two. It's insane. But you talk about Peyton Pritchard. He's been in a lot of trade talks lately. And you know me. I don't do the rumors thing on this podcast. I don't care about the rumors. I don't care what shams are. Until it's reported, I don't give a fuck about it. But Peyton Pritchard, after not playing on Wednesday and only playing 12 minutes versus the Hornets slots Monday, came up and dropped four huge three-pointers. He was a huge, huge reason why the Celtics were able to pull away late in the game and was a plus 19. I mean, he is... One of the main reasons why the Celtics won this basketball game. Of course, you have Malcolm Brogdon dropped twenty plus points again, shot over fifty percent from three, stepped up when needed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then we finally have number twelve. I haven't talked about number twelve in a while, right? So you're probably like, "Oh, good, he's probably over the hump." Uh-uh. I'm bringing you all back to life, and you want to know why? Because number twelve hasn't been that good this year. Last year, good. This year, eh, not so much. Has he improved? Eh, maybe. I don't believe it. Unlike last year, like last year, number 12 improved immensely, if that's even a word. I think it is. But anyways, and yes, I get he dropped 25 points. He got to the free throw line eight times and made seven of them. Thank you very much. And hit some big threes to help the Celtics back um, get back into the game when they were down double-digit points. But, you know, anytime number 12 does well, I like to bring everyone back to life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this little rant that I'm about to bring to you. So... Before the Raptors game, the last 14 games, number 12 has scored double digits four times and has scored three points or less five times. It's pretty embarrassing, huh? 
He is at he has averaged seven points, five boards, shot thirty two percent from three and forty percent from the field in these last fourteen games. In the thirty one games before that, nine and a half points per game, forty three percent from three, and fifty two percent from the floor. And I'm okay if you have a couple rough games. Tatum has him, Jalen has him, Al has him, Marcus. We go on and on. But that is a huge drop off. First thirty one games of the season, forty three percent from three, and then the fourteen games before the Raptors. He was 32% from three, and then, then he went from 52% from the floor to 40. So, and listen, to be fair to number 12, he is a plus six in the last 14 games. So clearly when he's on the floor, he does help the Celtics to a degree. And he was two and a half game, uh, a plus two and a half per game before this last 14 to 15 games. His minutes are gone down too. And listen, I understand why his minutes have gone down. Rob has come back, so I'm not going to hold that against him. So I'm not going to be like, oh, well, you know, sucks to suck. I get that. But people have to stop acting like he is a big difference on this team and he deserves 17 or $18 million this upcoming summer. He deserves exactly what Brandon Clark and some of these other guys have gotten that have been drafted and kind of re-signed after their rookie deal. 13, 12, $13 million. Listen, I'm, I'm being strict but fair here. Number 12 is a reasonable bench player in the NBA. I still think he's not ideal. I think people overhype him in this town, et cetera, et cetera. But he is 192nd in points per game in the league, 178th in field goal percentage, and 72nd in three-point percentage. Remember at the beginning of the year how well number 12 was shooting the three? He was like top 10, and now he's almost out of the top 75. Everything has dropped for him this season as the season has gone on. He's the fifth lowest in assist percentage on the team, and you want to know who's behind him? Cornette, Hauser, and Von Ley, and uh, Cabangeli. Cabangeli plays in Maine. Von Ley isn't even on the team anymore, and Sam Hauser's minutes have gone bye-bye. He's 11th in rebound percentage. Behind him, Hauser, Pritchard, White, and Smart. And no fucking shit they should be because they're all guards. So before we're all like, wee. Wee, number 12 is great. He's back. We need number 12 to step up when he comes off the bench more. Yes, he did a great job against the Raptors. And the last three games before the Raptors, he had a total of 14 points, and one of those was against the Hornets, one of the worst teams in the league. All I'm asking, if people want me to stop chirping about number 12, he has to continue to improve. He improved so much last year, and this year, I don't see the improvement. And this is the thing. I want number 12 to prove me wrong. I really do, because you want to know why. If number 12 proves me wrong, that means the Celtics are even better. Yeah, they are. And when the Celtics get better, maybe another banner can come around. And we all know my little deal that I made with all my podcast listeners. When If number 12 is on this team and there's a banner raised, I'll call him by his real name. But anyways, thanks for the rant. Let's do Stud and Dud of the Week. Hit the music. And now, it is time for the Celtics stud and the Celtics dud of the week. Okay, it is time for your stud and dud of the week for episode 203. The stud of the week is Al Horford. How could it not be? In the Warriors game, he was just, what's what's the word I'm looking for? 
what's the word I'm looking for? Fucking perfect. 20 points, 10 boards, hit some big-time threes, and was awesome on the offensive glass. And most importantly, he blocked Jordan Poole like three times. Oh, I could kiss you, Al Horford. Every single time Al Horford blocked Jordan Poole, I got probably a little bit too excited. I'll tell you that right now. So thank you, Al Horford. Thank you. And he played 37 minutes with zero turnovers. And then in the Raptors game, I mean, he couldn't hit a strip club on St. Catherine Street. But his defense in the last three minutes was great. I think Al was 2 with 10. He he did not shoot the ball well. But he stole the ball at the end of that game and looked like he was running straight to Drake's house for a party. He got the hell out of Dodge. And the way that Al Horford played in that Warriors game, I mean, I get that Tatum went off. I get Malcolm Brogdon went off, but I don't usually do back-to-back sudden of the weeks because Malcolm was the stud a couple weeks ago. Jason Tatum's two-point percentage. It could have been Malcolm Brogdon. But Al Horford's game and probably just three blocks against Jordan Poole is probably the reason why he's a stud of the week. But 20-10 and 10 against the Warriors, zero turnovers. Thank you, Al Horford. And why am I focusing on zero turnovers? Because the dud of the week is turnovers from this basketball team. Two games this week. And this is not what I like to see. 32 turnovers combined in the last two games. The four previous games combined, 40. And I get that turnovers happen. I get it. But Tatum's turnovers in the fourth quarter were awful. Oh, my God. They were so bad. I mean, that lazy pass to half court in the game is why I will not make it to the age of 50. Like, you got to be kidding me. Like, my niece, Rara, or my niece, Bam Bam, could literally throw a ball harder than what Jason Tatum did to just what whoever he was passing to at half court. And then the travel. The turnovers were so bad from everyone. And Jason Tatum, seven, and I, I get it. His usage rate is up. Those turnovers are bound to happen. But against that team in that moment, maybe just five turnovers would be okay. And listen, and the same goes for the Raptors game. 15 turnovers. Jalen with five. Number 12 with four. Those things can happen when three starters are out. I don't want the Celtics to get back into bad habits. So please, for the love of God, don't let bad turnovers come back and haunt you with, like, before the All Star break. Please don't do it. Please. So, real quick, let's recap or let's preview the four games that the Celtics do have this week. The first is tonight, if you're listening on Monday, um, when the podcast comes out at 8 a.m. every single morning. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, in Orlando, at 7 p.m. And you could argue this is probably the scariest game of the week. And you're like, wait, what are you talking about? It's some magic. Stop being stupid. Uh, the Celtics are one and two versus the Magic this year, and I believe they are the only. I believe the Magic and the Cavs are the only two teams in the league that the Celtics do not have a losing record against. No joke. They beat them up in October, then lost to them twice at home in December when everything started to spiral. The Celtics cannot play down to competition. They're going to be hunted. They they have to act like they are going to go hunt the Magic. I mean, they have yet to have 25 assists or more versus the Magic this season. You know how I feel about that. They have lost three out of four, and they play, or the Magic have lost three out of four, and they play a lot of guys too, which the Celtics might not have. They've already announced that Malcolm Brogdon's out. They've already announced that Marcus Smart is out. It doesn't look like Jason Tatum uh, is on the injury report, and Jalen Brown will be back as well, so obviously that's great. But if Rob, who's currently questionable right now, if he doesn't play, then you're short another body, and 
you know Al will not be playing on Tuesday night because this is the first night of a back-to-back where they go down to Miami afterwards and play. So they may do what they did uh, a couple weeks ago against the Pelicans and the Nets, where Rob doesn't play Wednesday um, against the Pelicans, and then he does on Thursday, and then him and Al flip. So that, that could be a thing. But the Magic play a lot of people, and they're young. So it's going to be really interesting how Joe Missoula deals with his rotations in this game. I mean, they play the Wagner brothers, um, Bamba, Bull, Cole Anthony, Ross, Suggs is back off the injury. And those, they're a good team. And you still have Markel Fultz. You have, obviously, the Rookie of the Year candidate and Banchero. It's not going to be an easy game. It's really not. The Celtics have sucked against the Magic this year. Then, Heat, Tuesday night, 7.30 p.m. on TNT. The Celtics are 2-1 and one up in this series. If you get a win here, you win that season series just in case shit happens and Miami goes off. I mean, remember, Miami was the number one seed last year for a reason. So to have these type of tiebreakers, if it, if it does come to that, is very important. And the Heat have been playing well, getting wins over the Bucks, the Pelicans, but recently got destroyed by the Mavericks. And they are just like the Celtics. They are a live and die by the three team. They lost to the Hawks last week, and they shot 25% from three. And the Heat are much better than the Hawks. I think we all know that. Bam Adebayo is going to get his, especially if Al's not playing. How's Rob going to defend him? Does that mean more minutes for number 12 or Blake Griffin? We'll see. Jimmy Butler, so good. Love watching him play. But can the Celtics calm down and control Lowry or Martin or Tyler Hero or Max Struess or Gabe Vincent? That's what you have to do because the Heat have a deep bench too. And they always play up for the Celtics. And the Celtics, again, are hurting right now. If Marcus doesn't play, but Malcolm Brogdon's out again, I mean, that's that's tough. The Celtics are hurting right now. They really are. And this could be a good time for the Heat to bring that physical Heat culture that Eric Spolstra loves. Eric Spolstra is one of the best, if not the best coach in the NBA. So it could be a, a tough couple days down in Florida for the Boston Celtics. And then the Celtics come back home for two games versus the New York Knicks on Thursday at 7.30 p.m. And then Saturday night, ABC versus the Lakers at TD Garden. A lot of national TV time for the Celtics this week. Tuesday TNT, Thursday TNT, Saturday ABC. Listen, the Knicks were playing some great basketball as of late. They won like seven out of the last eight games, but they've lost three or four in a row. Um, I recorded this before the Raptors game tonight. Uh, so they were playing the Raptors, so I don't know if they beat them or, but going into the Raptors game tonight, I, since I am recording on Sunday, going into the Raptors game, excuse me, they've lost three in a row over the last 15 games. The Knicks defense has sucked. And the last time the Celtics played them, they dropped 133 points. And that was obviously thanks to the 27 three pointers that the Celtics hit, which was a franchise record. If Smart is back, he can slow down Jalen Brunson. The Celtics are more talented by a long shot, not even close. But this could be a Knicks game where one player off the bench, like quickly or something, will just go off and just drop like 25 points and we'll all be pissed off beyond belief. But finally, before I end this podcast, Saturday night, TD Garden against the Los Angeles Lakers at 8.30 p.m. on ABC. I hate the Los Angeles Lakers more than anything in the whole wide world. I don't even want to talk about the game. I ain't worried about Russell Westbrook. I ain't worried about Dennis Schroeder. I ain't worried about Patrick Beverly. I don't care if this bites me in the ass. I don't care if the Lakers, well, I mean, I'm obviously going to be absolutely furious beyond belief if we lose to the Lakers, but I don't care about those guys. And I will say this, 
LeBron James is playing some fucking unreal basketball lately, like lights out basketball. And listen, last time these two teams played, I mean, Jason Tatum had to hit that unbelievable shot over LeBron James. The game went into overtime, if I remember correctly. Either way, did it go into overtime? I don't remember. I blacked out because I just wanted the Celtics to win. And the Celtics, I mean, uh, the Lakers did just get a win over the Memphis Grizzlies, but like the Lakers roster sucks. The Lakers suck. Anthony Davis might be back, so that's obviously important, but it's the Celtics. It's the Lakers. Every single Boston Celtics player should be jacked up on Mountain Dew to come in and beat LeBron James. We all know LeBron James loves playing in Boston. It gets him so fired up, which is, I think, a compliment to the Celtics fans. I really do. But outside of LeBron James, fuck the Lakers. Fuck them. I hate them. Beat them. You like if you're Boston Celtics fans, you hate the Lakers too. Beat L A, beat L A, beat L A. Come on, Celtics, give me a win over the Los Angeles Lakers at TD Garden on Saturday night at eight thirty on ABC. That's it for ba- uh, episode two hundred and three of the Banner Banter Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter eighteen or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. I think this is the longest episode of the season so far. Uh, sorry, not sorry. That's it. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.